um, especially if asked the right questions and brought to your practitioner. That's the point of a practitioner is to you know partner with you in your health. And yes, I hope this is a the beginning of some good questions. Yeah, walk in advocating for yourself. Yes, and deciding what works for you because you don't just have to do what's to, you were told you know instantaneously. Like you get to make that decision about your body, your family. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knabel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey, hey. Ah, we're back. Hello. Oh, Cassie. I'm I'm just going to go straight into it. What is up what, with you? What's up with me? Yes. I'm going to start with you. What's up with you? Oh, my goodness. So, uh, hubby and I finally started prioritizing a date night again. Oh, my gosh. Now That's that amazing. we are on the mend officially. <laughs> like, from the land of the This dead. is like part two of the cold and flu <laughs> series. And I'm like, I think we might be okay now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a right. week later. Cool. Um, but, yeah. So, We've been just letting life and busyness get in the way. Mm. And as we always talk about Rachel Hollis on all the episodes. Oh, Rachel. It's like Gretchen Rubin and like Rachel Hollis fan club over here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm as I listen to their podcast that's related to relationships and marriage, they talk so much about prioritizing a date night. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we do that. We do that. And then if I like really think about it and look back, I'm I'm being realistic with myself and realizing that we don't prioritize date night <laughs> want at to. all. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, we have like an event to look forward to, like a mm-hmm. concert or some sort of show or and we create a date around that. Yeah. But more often than not it's not like an actual purposeful yeah purposeful date night and so we have been working really hard to just make extra time for that and prioritize it and so amazing last week it was amazing during the week we got to leave our little man with my mom overnight overnight on a thursday oh, night gosh well, i can only dream i got too many people living in my house to do that <laughs> <laughs> well that's yeah we are we are just a little family of three so well four if you include our adorable dog <laughs> and miss paisley and so we actually got to check out a uh, sugar pine drive-in 
which is oh my gosh i've been, i want to do that it's like a little piece of portland in troutdale it's quite lovely and so sugar pine like what that is the coolest name it's fantastic it's totally pacific northwest it's like mm-hmm. in an old bait and tackle shop oh really uh-huh and it's a drive-in so there's no indoor seating whatsoever oh, shut up. I didn't the drive-in that. portion is simply i think ice cream and beverages and then if you want to do actual food you have to order at the window and you can obviously there's parking spots you can stay and eat in your car but it's right by lewis and clark state park it looked beautiful um and it's in the parking lot of glen auto park oh so it's right there that's beautiful used to be like a convenience store it's so cool oh that's beautiful and um there are a couple of portland restaurateurs who have like really amazing experience and a ton of fantastic restaurants in the portland area who kind of like made this their little brainchild and it's been all over the instagrams and i've been coveting many a delicious thing from this place pictures too yeah so beautiful fall day it was gorgeous and crisp and we went to sugar pine we had some dinner in the middle of the week i on a thursday that sounds amazing and then we uh went to the grocery store and bought (laughs) coconut ice cream heck yes went home and sat and ate coconut ice cream on our couch and oh just gosh. like talked for forever yes. connect right you don't actually you be fancy? in a Spend relationship a yeah right yes and then the next morning for me was such a relief i mean motherhood is motherhood is hard motherhood is hard beautiful and hard all at the same time it's beautiful it's the best and the hardest thing i've ever done mm-hmm. and will continue to do for the rest of my life right once you become a mom that's it always a mom <laughs> turns out turns out it's a big responsibility Weird. <laughs> and so uh you know every once in a while when I get a morning where I wake up and and our little man isn't there I don't even know what that's like I yeah I mean in you my get, own house you can breathe you can drink your coffee while it's still hot you can pet your poor neglected dog oh i saw your stories so oh she's she, the sweet, she yeah she's a sweetie paisley the, the video we given her love I was oh like, my baby <laughs> yeah so it's we neglect our fur child a lot because our our actual human child taking up so much of our energy and it was just nice i took her for a walk that morning and got myself to the gym and you know had i had meetings and definitely had to work on friday but it was just was so lovely that sounds amazing i know what it's like to get away mm-hmm. for an evening. but when you get away when you get away even when you're even when you get the time and space to have like you know like we go on a beauty counter trip or something like that yeah the next morning we still have lots of commitments the next morning yeah <laughs> i very rarely wake up and just go ha ha, ha i can breathe <laughs> so that was really lovely so we got to prioritize some you know some couple That's time amazing. and then some self-care and we both just looked at each other and we were like, we need to have G stay over at grandma's house once a month. Yeah, that sounds so cool. And then just try to go for a date night once a week. Yeah, for Do real. you guys maintain a date night weekly? We try to go by the wayside at least once in a month. Mm-hmm. But we try to we try to weekly knowing that one's going to get shot somehow with family schedule and things like that. Uh, truthfully, though, uh, through the probably the winter like the more less sunny months of the year (laughs) we had this standing date that sounds so simplistic but it was almost like 
ritualistic in the fact that we looked forward to it and you know uh wednesday night so midweek as well and because of our living circumstances we can do this so we were like man we better take advantage what we can we'd put the kids to bed and then we'd get in the car and we'd go to the gym and go sit in the hot tub <laughs> at like 8 30 8 30 at night relax and talk and yeah and we'd bounce between the hot tub and then the 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 warm pool and it it's almost like hydrotherapy in the way we bounce between the two mm-hmm. and we get done and we've just we've talked for like an hour and 15 minutes and and then we usually will stop by a store on the way home and grab like ice cream or kombucha or whatever we're feeling in that moment mm-hmm. and it it really is such a recharge and we realized at the beginning of fall that we didn't do it at all through the summer because it didn't make sense for like our family schedule the kids were going to bed later because the sun was up later and so we we were really good at maintaining a once a once a week date whether it was like our hot tub date or going out for like a date night on the weekends um and then summer hit and we got real bad at it it's just so much harder when you've got vacations and kids staying up later and not in school and there's there's just not a whole lot of structure so we're it's october and we're just now starting to get back in the swing of it so october has been so yes we do but we also accept that we're bad at it sometimes <laughs> the year. we are worse at it than you guys are oh, if it man. makes you feel any better but there's something about having a new one in the house that takes years to get back to being good at it yeah well especially when it's the one and you're first and yeah you know yeah, I think it's just been a process for us how to you He's know to figure out how to. He'll be three in December. Shut the front door. My little baby is gonna be three. Paxson was oh. three and a half when we had Lucy, and mm. uh, mm-hmm. nope. We yep. <laughs> I was I was already pregnant I just with mean Lucy. For you. I know. Yeah. I'm just like nowhere near that. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> And it was um. I it, when they went to school, I realized it had been eight. Nine years. It had been nine years since I had had like alone time in the house between birthing my first and then birthing my second and then letting my second get off to school. And that was also probably it took until two years ago to really start being intentional about regular date night. Because when they're real little, it's just so hard, like Mm -hmm. especially when you have one that's a barnacle. Like <laughs> Lucy's such a barnacle, and I'm, I love and it when you say that. I must. I'm her barnacle. Like I'm her. I'm her barnacle clinging to. I'm her blankie, mm. and it, which is funny. She has a love hate relationship with me. <laughs> she loves me, but she's also the worst to me because that's just. I'm her. I'm comfortable, you know. So she can just let it all hang out, and she doesn't hold back any emotions, any frustrations, any issues. So I get the brunt of everything. Whoops. Right. So, so date night's been, it's been hard, but so you say that we're good at it, but it's not, it's not pretty recent, pretty recent. <laughs> I can say that. So never too late, my friend. True, true. So what's up with you? So me, does, I, I'm honestly, I'm so obsessed with this movie. <laughs> I went and saw A Star is Born. Oh, yes. Some, uh, okay, yeah. So, okay, listen, there will be no spoilers in this conversation because not. I have not seen it yet. I will just talk about my obsession, not about the actual details. 
And my sweet husband, I told him I wanted to see this movie on date night. And he was like, we shouldn't be seeing a movie. We should actually be talking. And I was like, you're totally right. And I love you and you're amazing. But I really want to see this movie. (laughs) It's okay. Skylar didn't want to see it at first. And uh, so I made plans to go with a friend. And a friend had to back out last minute. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, guess I'm going by myself. And (laughs) I talked about it almost all week because I started listening to the soundtrack about a week and a half ago. And the soundtrack. It's on Spotify. Yep. The whole okay. and it's, it's going down long. It's like a really I can't remember how many tracks it is, but it's a big soundtrack. And I started I started going, is that actually Bradley Cooper? No. No. And I started looking it up and started really leaning into what the movie is and how it was made and what the interviews were like. And I don't do this. Like I mean the last time I I don't even think I've ever done this. I've never been so intrigued by a movie that i start Mm -hmm. looking at like (laughs) interviews on press tours that they had done but their their on-screen chemistry is so ridiculously good and believable that the the whole movie is just you get sucked into that story and the pacing is so good the cinematography is good the soundtrack is good everything's good the costumes are good like the the now you're just making me feel like I have to see it right now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> I know. All right, guys, we're done with the episode. I'm going go to the, <laughs> go to the movie theater. How often do you go to the movies? Um, probably once every two months. Maybe mm. once every three months. We're like twice a year, probably. Yeah, like it's... It has to be like really good. I, I usually really only good. go when it's something I really want to see. Yeah. Which is... I mean, once in three months is probably pretty generous. Probably when our little one and or future little ones are older... I imagine going more often. More of it. Yeah. yeah. But this one, this one, you know, when you get done with the movie and you can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, 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 this was it. So good. It was so good. And it reminds me so much of, um, it reminds you of things that you dreamed about at one point in your life, whether it's, you know, in this movie it was performing and singing, but it, it makes you think about all the things that you have chosen to put down because Allie is the character in the movie. She's uh, she's in her 30s in the movie. And Bradley Cooper is in his 40s. And you think about all these people that have made it and they're like stars. And they're you always think that they're young, right? Mm-hmm. And that was so powerful seeing somebody who was not, she was not a spring chicken, you know. She wasn't old either, but she wasn't no spring chicken. And here she was making it and the story behind it and... If you guys get a chance, look into the movie being made and interviews with Bradley Cooper and with Lady Gaga talking about the movie because their process was so fascinating and the way that Bradley Cooper decided to bring her onto the movie and finding her and just like serendipitous, it seemed. It was meant to be. It's, yeah. It truly was. And and once they both decided they were going to go for it, they really went for it. And it shows, it translates on the screen. And the music is so good. It's like, it's not doctored. It's real. Like, you can tell it's like real. And it just, it translates beautifully. So I've been very obsessed with A Star is Born. I've always liked Lady Gaga, but now I really like Lady Gaga. I've always liked Bradley Cooper, but now I really like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> it's next level obsession now. Like, wow. The whole thing was so impressive. So if you guys like if you guys like real music, you like movies that have a good story to it that's not 
cringeworthy mm-hmm. it's like real it's like legit mm-hmm. like you feel like you know these people it's not <laughs> cheeserific not at all not even a little did bit I just make that word up you did and it worked we're in the business of making up words people <laughs> so that's what i'm obsessed with all right welcome to our part tour Part tour. Part tour. This is of part Cassie two. geeking out <laughs> and Genevieve learning all the things. This is uh, now you're eating all these goodies for cold and flu. Part two. So if you didn't catch our first one, definitely check it out. It's got our like the the basics. Like the this is what you need to be able to arm yourself, arm your family, get your immune system up, um, bring it back up if it's a little knocked down a little bit. But this one is next level. Yeah. So first episode we went over some lifestyle tips. And then kind of the top five-ish uh, introductory, I would say. Introductory. Supplements there you go. to like... 101? Yeah, 101. Supplement. Okay. Uh, cold and flu remedies, 101. This is 201. <laughs> you just panned from one side of your mic to the other. <laughs> I did. I totally did. <laughs> uh, and so I'm really excited to get into some of these because we get to talk about zinc today, first of all. Very excited about that. I, and she did talk about that to tell you to listen to this episode in the first episode. <laughs> I totally <laughs> did. I totally did. So first episode, um, you guys can check that out. It's episode 23. And this one, we are going to jump into first. So the last episode we talked about, I'm just going to list the five, first five. First one was uh, for natural remedies, homemade nutrient-dense bone broth. We went over all the deets for that. Mm-hmm. Water with a pinch of sea salt or some herbal tea. For hydration uh, number three is elderberry syrup number four is probiotics because your gut is your immune system people so much so much and vitamin d3 and some recommendations for that and a good good discussion on foundational health and vitamin d and y'all have probably heard those things before but you haven't heard cassie break it down for you <laughs> so please go check that out go first. check it out yep and so number six on our list today is oil of oregano i'm fascinated by this one because it's like a pizza party in your mouth <laughs> a pizza party. it's kind of a pizza party <laughs> it's kind of brutal i, I hear so mm-hmm. there's oil of oregano you can also do micro emulsified oregano oil mm-hmm. which is what i prefer to take it as so this is not essential oil it can be so okay. you can do oil of oregano essential oil mm-hmm in a capsule so you'd want to put it in like a gelatin capsule um, or or vegan capsule or whatever and take that internally mm-hmm. because it can be really caustic to mm-hmm. your throat and your gums if and you all of that smell it, you'll your know. tissues yeah uh you can use it internally directly i just recommend like a carrier mm-hmm. but what i actually recommend is micro emulsified oregano oil so it's encapsulated Okay. It still is going to be pretty pungent, but not quite as the burps um, really caustic. Eventful or is this- <laughs> <laughs> I don't deal with any burps associated oh, with it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I was like, mm, you need some digestive support. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to work with that too. Right. <laughs> uh, and oregano oil is a really, really potent natural antibiotic and antiviral. It's very mm. underutilized. I know. I, and the more very I hear about it, the more I'm like, why don't more people know about this? Yeah. So... You can diffuse it as needed during your period of illness, but dude, again, 
putting oregano into your diffuser and diffusing that into your space is no joke. It will take over everything. Yeah, I bet. So you could put like one drop of it in your diffuser and do some citrus oils with it and kind of tone it down a little bit. But it's totally up to you. Mm, Uh, So you can do that. Um, But I actually, for oil of oregano use, if you're not doing the micro emulsified internally, which is what I prefer, the encapsulated, um, or it's in tablets, I should say. I like to use oregano oil with a carrier oil on the bottom of the feet. Why? Why? Why the feet? <laughs> so uh, your palms and the bottom of your feet are the only areas of your body that don't have sebaceous glands. Oh. And sebum is a really good blocker blocker and barrier. Yeah. So it tends to just be absorbed really well into the body. That's interesting. That's... Uh-huh. I, my mind is going all sorts of places like grounding and things you touch and you shouldn't touch and uh-huh be hand washing and things that shouldn't be hand washed and mm-hmm. oh, all gosh. of those things yeah okay that's fascinating yeah Thank so you. they can <laughs> they can act a little faster and move a little bit more efficiently your skin is also like a lot less sensitive on your soles of your feet yeah it's got a thicker skin structure mm-hmm. and then there's some deeper reasons with like reflexology and Mm -hmm. Chinese medicine and all sorts of things. And just like you talked about, like that spiritual grounding to the earth. Yeah. So, okay. So one more question. Yeah. Micro emulsified. Is that what you called it? Yes. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Micro emulsified. Well, I mean, I I understand the basics of how, how, so there's essential oils. So the reason why I'm asking is because you go to the store and I, I've, I've asked myself this question many times since I've been hearing you talk about oil of oregano and you go to things like where you see a really well-stocked supplement section and there's like leaf of oregano and mm-hmm. oil of oregano and essential oil oregano and I'm going I don't understand am I yeah how do I how do I buy the most effective version of what you're talking about and why like, yeah what is that? so I like the micro emulsified so it's essentially like a delivery system so mm-hmm. it, oil and water don't mix they don't do that. right mm-hmm. so basically they take a safe surfacant that forms like a single stable emulsion so it brings okay. the oil into a stable emulsion oh okay and okay. it allows it to be quickly absorbed in the it's gut. It's a better delivery system. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So when you, if you take an essential oil. I'm not oil, a huge fan of ingesting essential oils Because it's general. just so intense and condensed. I, yeah, I just don't, I don't have enough information about um, extreme efficacy of internal mm. ingestion of essential oils. I think it's, uh, I think people recommend it way too flippantly without understanding (laughs) exactly yeah and the truth is you can actually get a lot of benefits from essential oils just from taking them in through your oil factory through your nose and Mm -hmm. that sense of smell and then topical application as well so Mm -hmm. i'd just rather have it be more diffuse so i prefer that micro emulsified makes sense think about Mm -hmm. how much product it takes to condense it down into essential oil is pretty intense Mm -hmm. so i mean it makes sense okay thank you for breaking that down yeah of course i hear so much about oil of oregano in the ntp community and um the nutritional therapy practitioner community and 
uh, I've just wanted to learn so much more. Yeah. You know? Well, and this is why this is like the next level episode because yes. it gets a little bit more complicated. This is where I start asking a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> and again, like all of these supplements, everyone, like this is such an N equals one experiment. You have to find the right path for you. Mm-hmm. But in general, a kind of a loose recommendation for micro emulsified oil of oregano. I like about 500 milligrams twice a day while you're sick okay. um, and it'll help you kick that for Empty sure stomach, full stomach uh i like to do all supplements with food because mm-hmm. with the exception of probiotics sometimes you want to take probiotics away from food depending on which one you're taking okay. but anytime you take supplements with food you're going to digest all of them better right because you're chewing you getting know, the full the, system yeah you've got the hydrochloric acid production going in there and that breaking everything down and part of that microemulsification process with uh, oregano oil is keeping it intact until it reaches where it needs to go. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that's why a lot of supplements have like an enteric coating Okay. as well. So that the enteric coating is what gets broken down by hydrochloric acid and the rest is delivered into, you know, the gut. likely the small intestine. Yeah. Cool. Exactly. That's fascinating. So, um, I so like white oregano oil. What yeah. I like to it? use it to fight viral infections. Okay. Um, and there aren't any, technically any studies evaluating the efficacy of oregano on influenza specifically. So the mm. flu, mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely research that indicates how powerful it is as an antiviral and an antimicrobial. Okay. So which an, sounds beneficial. Yeah. I mean, it. it helps me kick, kick a, an illness pretty quickly comparatively. And, you know, a, a good a good course would be to take some oregano in a small dose every hour on the hour the day that you have sickness come on. I'm starting to understand that a lot more when you're in like the holistic world and you're trying to work with your body and work with the environment you're in. It's about hitting it hard and fast and often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've noticed. Yep. And frequency. that's the most. Yeah. And frequency. And it's not about necessarily a lot often it's a lot of times a little bit mm-hmm. often yep which makes so much sense because how much our body changes hour to hour and like well and you take a supplement things. recommendation from a bottle and then from a <laughs> nutritional therapy practitioner will be like triple it yeah <laughs> not necessarily it. yeah but, not but, literally but kind of but you know we it's there's a therapeutic dose and then there's a, a maintenance dose and oh, those are different things that's an excellent way to put it yeah. that's fantastic yeah so uh Oil of oregano. What's number seven? Number seven is zinc, baby. Ah, okay. Let, let me have it. I'm ready. <laughs> zinc is huge. So um, for zinc for a recommendation, I generally would say somewhere between like 50 and 100 milligrams of zinc daily. By itself. Because um, you see zinc in so much stuff. Yeah. It, this is this is kind of to, to go through and fight the the flu mm. or, or a cold. And okay. so zinc supports immune function. It also has an antiviral effect, um, but it works when it's taken at the first sign of illness. So the okay. moment you're sick, like you, you dose up on zinc and this is things like, um, Zycam is a source of the zinc. There are several, um, like zinc cold care remedies out there that have vitamin C and zinc and several other I'm excited nutrients. for your show notes on this one. Yes. I'll make some suggestions for you. Um, but zinc essentially lessens the symptoms of the cold virus um but excessive amounts of zinc aren't really great for you so you want to dose with more than you normally would but you want to kind of keep a balance of that 
That being said, most people in the world, it's very difficult to reach an excessive amount of zinc. (laughs) Aren't we super deficient from what I hear? We're super deficient. Like it's an epidemic. So yeah, you can um, see that and how prevalent cold and flu season is. Yes. So the best and most absorbable sources of zinc are actually, honestly, from food. So zinc can be found in um, animal proteins. Makes sense. So yeah, so uh, red meat, liver, it can also be found in egg yolks. Ah, which would be that makes like, me happy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> up, up that, up those egg yolks during or eggs in general during times of sickness. And I think zinc- I know what you're going to say next. Oysters. Oh, I didn't think you were going to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oysters. Oysters. Yeah. Okay. Incredibly high in zinc. Hmm. Mussels also have a decent amount too. Oh, interesting. So, what do you think I was going to say? I, thought, I totally thought you were going to say bone broth because for some reason I hear eggs, yolks, and... There's mineral There's mineral content in bone broth for sure. Mm. You can get a little bit of zinc, but That's in general, really if you big. want that, yeah, that big dump of it is going to come from, from red Oysters. Meat. <laughs> red meat oysters for sure oysters are a great source of zinc for sure yeah. i like to do the smoked oysters in a in a little tin in olive oil mm-hmm. just make sure they're not in a junky oil like cottonseed or canola or something like that so cool that's great yes. to know um and the other so vitamin a is actually really high in liver and cod liver oil Mm-hmm. which is the next recommendation we're going to talk about. Oh, sweet deal. <laughs> um, but uh, other good sources of vitamin A are egg yolks, butter, leafy greens, etc. And vitamin A and, and zinc actually work really synergistically in the body to play a role in immune function together as like a team. So vitamin A usually decreases during illness. So increasing vitamin A rich foods is really important during that time too. So one of the cool parts is there, I mean like liver is high in zinc and high in vitamin A. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can make it work with just upping. Do you have a recommendation? A little bit of liver for getting liver in someone's <laughs> system that yeah so well. you can definitely take desiccated beef liver supplements mm, okay. um paleo valley is one that i like vital proteins also has one i'll link those in the show children? notes for you guys um that don't swallow pills oh yes so i would probably just get a couple of those capsules and empty it out into a smoothie ah uh, Okay. The desiccated version, you can't taste as much. Okay. For thank you um, for that. <laughs> and that's if you're, you know, you can do, you can blend some raw liver into a smoothie too, and it'll cover it up pretty good. If it's a tiny, tiny amount, if you do it every single day, you could do a tiny amount, or you could do it a couple tiny times amount a week. Like, like, like a, like a, yeah, like like a quarter size, like the size of a dime, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty worthwhile small. even. Yeah, I mean, any tiny little bit is worthwhile. But I, the way I like to get liver in my whole family, including myself, because I don't like it. I like lamb liver and I like chicken liver, like pate. But beef liver, I cannot do calves liver. And so I will either buy a pre-done um, ground beef heart liver kidney I hear combo. that's a good way to do it mm-hmm. okay. you can also do some liver worst my favorite is from u.s wellness meats mm-hmm. and then you can also grind up a little bit of liver yourself or like mince it really fine 
And if you mince it and then put it in with like, if you're making, you're having taco night and you're making ground beef, you can just mix I'm it totally into that. I'm totally going to start doing that. No, for real. I actually, I prefer to buy the blends just because I don't personally really like to mince up liver. This that sounds an, it, super appetizing. It's not and even, time consuming. Yeah. It's just an extra step. Yeah. So I like, I like doing that. And what Is I often will thing? do. What's that? Is that a common thing to find? Or do you have to go to like you a can find it at like Whole Foods. You can find it at places like Natural Grocers and New Season sometimes. Like the counter or is it usually prepackaged? It's prepackaged usually. Cool. Usually, okay. yeah. Um, usually, you can't get an organ mix at the butcher counter unless you maybe you go to a traditional butcher and then you might be able to. I need to find one. I'd love to find a good traditional butcher. Yeah, they exist out here. I hear that. I need to find them. <laughs> I need to find them for sure. Yeah. So so liver and you know there's there's other methods too you can take whole liver and cut it into like a size of like a capsule basically Mm. and coat it they say in cinnamon freeze it and then coat it in cinnamon and then the cinnamon masks the taste of liver and you take it like a um you take it like a supplement you just swallow it wow but i'm on the side of chewing and blending and just because you're going to break it down better for sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So um, zinc is kind of what we call a master mineral. Mm. And sounds nice. <laughs> yeah, along with magnesium. Oh. And it's needed for a ton of reactions. I had no idea it was the on the same level as magnesium. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, and unlike fat soluble vitamins, zinc is not stored for long periods of time in the body. So we need a constant supply of quality zinc. Cause you, if you're depleted, you're depleted. Like yeah, it's you not need coming to, from anywhere. <laughs> no, you need to replace it unless you're getting it from the diet. Oh, interesting. So that um, makes a lot of sense that it needs to be a regular thing then. Yeah. And we don't need like, again, we don't need large amounts of zinc each day, but we absolutely need to get some mm. and make sure we're getting enough. Yeah. And zinc is technically an essential trace mineral. Uh, and it's super important for, again, immune function, skin health and hair growth, uh, metabolism of food, and absorption of other nutrients. So mm-hmm. zinc acts in synergy with other nutrients like vitamin A. Uh, so horm- if you find yourself very like depleted quite regularly, then zinc's probably a good... Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just recommend eating zinc-rich foods. Like, that would be my Even recommendation. Even if you don't have cold or the flu, just, yeah. Oh, yeah, on a consistent basis. Yeah, cool. we need we need zinc on the daily for sure. Um, it's essential for hormone balance, gut health, mental clarity, uh, wound healing, huge in wound healing, Ooh. DNA synthesis. Oh. Uh, and then it's also really good for eye health or imperative for eye health. Uh, proper cell division. So this is one of the reasons why zinc is so vital during pregnancy. Mm. You're growing a tiny human. That cell division process to be supported. Um, And then even adequate taste and smell. So actually a sign of Mm. zinc deficiency is inadequate taste and smell. Oh. And some people like like me, I have plenty adequate sense of taste and smell and I still have zinc deficiency. <laughs> Usually if I'm not yeah. working on it. Um, but a sign, uh, signs of zinc deficiency are, um, there's some really interesting ones. So this is like, it's a really large problem worldwide and it's not talked about enough. But basically most of the world's population is likely to have a mild zinc deficiency 
Interesting. And pregnant and nursing women are considered much higher risk for zinc deficiency. I actually, like, I got my zinc tested after I had G, and it was in the tank. Wow. I mean, ridiculous. And so I'm I sure had you to, were doing all the things. Yeah. So I actually did have to do some high do- higher dose for a little while working with my practitioner. Wow. Um, And that was so that was my reason for deficiency um and then gut problems too obviously you know if you're not breaking down your food into the essential nutrients essential minerals and vitamins that your body needs you're not going to be absorbing that um babies who are born prematurely also tend to have a zinc deficiency or or just kind of live in lack of zinc for the rest of their lives so you need to supplement a little bit more if you were born prematurely interesting And those who have consumed either like a high grain or a vegetarian diet, especially for a long period of time, which for me was like, you know, I ate a high grain diet until I was 25 years old. That's a standard American diet. Exactly. Um, And so, again, why most of us have at least a mild zinc deficiency. Interesting. Um, And then obviously those with like liver or kidney disease, diabetes, GI issues, um, and those taking large amounts of iron are at risk for zinc deficiency oh, as interesting. well. Yeah. So wow, that's really all encompassing. I had no idea. Like truly, I really thought zinc was a oh, you know, here take this zinc lozenge. <laughs> like I, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I like zinc lozenges. Actually, zinc lozenges probably saved my butt during pregnancy. Mm. It was it's great for anti nausea. Oh, great for anti nausea. And are you saying Zycam? Um, I I used some practitioner grade zinc lozenges. That's awesome. Um, and I like the Life Extension ones as well, which a lot of people are familiar with that brand. Cool. Um, every most of the things I recommend, you're gonna need to get through a practitioner as far as zinc is concerned. So can somebody casually kind of tell if there's or does it really something they need to go get tested? Yeah. So there's definitely some symptoms. Mm-hmm. that are often related to zinc deficiency. Um, <laughs> so it's not super silent. No, it, but it's it's often things that are connected to other issues. Um, and so most people others. don't know when they have a zinc deficiency. Right, yeah. And when you take what you need and supplement and get back up to those levels, either through like consistent dosing daily or a therapeutic dosage for a little while and then kind of tapering off, however, whatever strategy your practitioner takes, um, some of these symptoms you're just like oh a uh, poor memory is one of them oh i wonder why <laughs> what i'm thinking like of every pregnant woman i know yeah for <laughs> or real. nursing or early yeah young mama mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um weakened mama immune brain. system right um constant like minor illnesses like getting cold after cold after cold after cold oh really common um was zinc deficiency loss oh. of loss of taste or smell Mm-hmm. So, question. Your mom. My mom went through that. Mm-hmm. And she went through that within three weeks of her Hashimoto's diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And she changed her diet completely from standard American diet. Very cold turkey because my mom's that way. She's like, when I see a better way, I'm going there. It's happening. And she, uh, very cold turkey, went hardcore into low FODMAP. And within, it, it was eerily close to when she started taking thyroid medication Mm -hmm. and so that the thought was that she had some like kicked her body into a weird thing so they backed way off of everything and it never i mean it took her she had no taste none 
everything tasted like sea salt or nothing like cardboard for probably five months that's so tough it was so emotional watching her go through that Mm. like you don't really realize until you watch someone sit down at a meal and be like i need to eat and i literally can't make myself eat this Mm. and it's just like she's like it's not that it tastes disgusting she's like it didn't go the opposite way she's like but it tastes like nothing yeah she's like all i feel is texture in my mouth and i was just like oh my gosh and and she went through um a big long supplementation schedule and i think one of her vitamins had zinc in it but it took five positive positive one of them was zinc so many no i just i just know she knows yeah yeah she showed me her list (laughs) yeah i was like here look at these (laughs) yeah what do you think about these and but it's painful to watch somebody go through Mm -hmm. that so luckily she's got her taste back yeah and she she'll feel herself um start to because different places in her tongue will start to kind of like lose its taste and she still doesn't know why so i'd be super curious to know if she's her zinc status yeah yeah i would have her check with her practitioner for sure yeah that's definitely probably could be the next step (laughs) right what Um, else what else can people so loss of taste or smell um sleep issues Zinc is essential in the production of melatonin. Whoa. So sleep issues, like, when, like I know so many like people. Like having that, trouble falling asleep. Like they have insomnia or they wake up in the middle of the night and can't mm-hmm. go back to sleep. Yeah. Fascinating. This is true for a lot of people who have adrenal exhaustion or quote unquote adrenal fatigue. I don't like to call it that, but mm-hmm. you know. So is it safe to say that if they, if, they, if somebody wanted to test this mm-hmm. would it take a long time to build their storage up it depends because they don't have a storage it depends. Do they? yeah I'm, no there's no storage of zinc you need to get it daily so either properly getting um supplemented or not with food or supplementation. correct yeah hmm. so your 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 store your levels that you need on a daily basis whether you're absorbing those will depend on gut health mm. And your body's ability to, you know, break whatever down and turn it into Which was a problem I had big time mm-hmm. digestion. I've Every- always been that person. That's Everybody like take this vitamin, try to, to, and literally my body was just like, what is this? Or you like have a bowel movement and your entire supplement is like in your feces. I've never checked that. Probably <laughs> that could have been the case. It's possible. It's yeah. totally possible. I've never been a person. I always thought people were like crazy when they were talking mm-hmm. about supplements and like how it affected them i'm like i've never had things affect me that way so yeah i believe that uh hair loss is also a, a mm. symptom this is where a lot of people who have thyroid issues deal with uh zinc deficiency for wow. sure uh loss of appetite low libido oh jeez. right mm-hmm. don't need any help with that a lot of women's post baby yep a lot of women yep um diarrhea is a sign mm. of zinc deficiency, brain fog, uh, very slow wound healing, white spots on your fingernails. It's a sign of just general. Now I'm looking. I'm like, right? You're like, oh, I can't see past mineral. the paint. <laughs> <laughs> um, mineral deficiency in general, for sure, because that can also be kind of a sign of calcium deficiency and magnesium deficiency as well. <laughs> so it sounds like this really could affect a lot of yeah. people. All in all parts of your body. That's fascinating. No wonder body. you were talking about zinc the way you were. <laughs> I was like, no, okay, now I get it. Now we understand the craziness of zinc. Gosh, the People. craziness. But we, is... but we still have an eight, nine, and ten, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, we got eight, nine, and ten. Okay. So number eight is vitamin C. 
And I'm sure you all thought vitamin C would be in the top five because y'all freak out about vitamin C when it comes to, to health <laughs> truth, and wellness. Truth, truth. Um, and it does help with immune system function and it really boosts white, white blood cell production. So it's going to speed up that healing process. But uh, essentially like research shows that vitamin C shortens the duration of colds and it can decrease the number of colds in physically active people. That's where we have the most research. And you can take about a thousand milligrams of vitamin C three to four times a day when you're sick. And then daily during cold and flu season, take a thousand milligrams and that will help ward off cold and flu. And you really don't want to do any more than about 4,000 milligrams daily. So that's generally, generally what I recommend. Uh, and for the most part, dietary vitamin C just comes from eating whole fruits and vegetables. Uh, I loved dropping this. So a lot of people think that like citrus fruit has the most amazing sources of vitamin C and it's a great source of vitamin C. A lot of the vitamin C is actually in the rind of the fruit. Oh, that's so like bad. steeping <laughs> like hot lemon water or something like that is, is really great or throwing an orange in your tea or zest of some kind. Yeah. Zest, mm. zest in it up people Zesty. put that zest in your food, <laughs> in your bone broth. <laughs> Oh, right. Just put everything in your bone broth. And call yeah, it for good. real. For real. <laughs> Liver too. <laughs> for real. <laughs> um, but tomatoes are actually higher in vitamin C than an orange. That is fascinating. And if you really? think you're getting your vitamin C from drinking orange juice, you're sadly mistaken. The, yeah. Zesty even, people. Even zesty. cold <laughs> pressed orange juice is not generally what I suggest. Yeah um to get to get the vitamin c that you need but there's tons of great sources of vitamin c just whole fruits and vegetables tend to be a good source tomatoes what that's i know i know never knew never knew uh and vitamin c will affect like all sorts of different areas of the immune system but primarily with production and function of white blood cells and essentially supplemental vitamin c is really helpful for preventing colds again and then um, just kind of supporting your body when it's under physical stress. So even during times where like you're training for a marathon or something, like increasing mm. your vitamin C production can be really helpful. So during, this might be kind of a, or vitamin C, um, intake, not production. tricky question. This is a little selfish because of, <laughs> it's about my kids. So Paxson, for instance, he, um, struggles with, um, inflammation, uh, just from environmental factors, like vitamin C could be helpful to him. Because his body's kind of under stress all the time. Yep. Cool. I just yep. had to ask. Yeah. I was I'm trying to connect dots here because I've learned so many things about so many other things. But And with little ones, you'll want to check the dose with your practitioner. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, but as far as vitamin C rich foods go, pretty much anything that's like a colorful vegetable. Uh, red bell peppers, broccoli, sweet potatoes. And again, just add just it all, just add it all foods. to your bone broth. <laughs> just make yourself some vegetable soup. Okay, people go for it. Uh, oh, bone number broth, nine, cold season. right. Number nine is echinacea. I don't know anything about echinacea. It's really interesting. So it's an herb that can really support your body in fighting off infections. Again, this is another one that's best to take at the first sign of illness um, but there's been some really interesting studies with echinacea and what's generally found is that it's extremely effective, but you don't want to take it all the time. 
you really just want to take it when is, you're is, is it dangerous to a certain part of the body or um, certain system it's just not necessary mm. it's not okay. necessary so essentially um an extract of echinacea was tested in this really great, uh, very commonly referenced double-blind randomized controlled trial, and this was back in 2013. And researchers found that echinacea effectively treated respiratory tract infections, so it's really important for upper respiratory issues. Wow. Um, in short and long term, and didn't cause the same resistance as popular flu medications. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So specific to the upper respiratory, uh-huh. which can be so useful. That stuff can turn nasty quick. Yeah. And so what you can do is like literally just take an echinacea tea. I was going to ask best You form. can do a tincture. I like mm. tinctures of the herb and you can do either a glycerin or an alcohol based tincture depending on your preferences there. Uh, but about a thousand milligrams two to three times a day while you're sick to help ward off and shorten the length of that. That's that that's very sickness. tangible advice. Mm-hmm. And essentially, as soon as you get upper respiratory symptoms is when you want to throw that in the mix. That's what I would. That's, first, first yeah. like distress of cough. <laughs> or like just like, you know, like gunkiness in the chest is, mm. tends to come before the cough. Oh, yeah, yeah, so um, but it's very, very, very effective. And essentially it acts as an anti-inflammatory and it will help reduce like bronchial inflammation specifically oh interesting so it directly attacks yeast and other kinds of fungus which is why it's so helpful for those bronchial infections wow that could be helpful for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and so different preparations of echinacea have different concentrations so like a common dosage um are like tablets of echinacea extract which you can take a couple of those a few times a day um for echinacea root tincture that's when you'll go more toward like 900 to 1000 milligrams daily and then if you do the tea you want to do like five to six cups of this tea uh on the first day of symptoms and then one cup thereafter ah see there's that little bit often again that mm-hmm. <laughs> my husband's always like yep. just just give so it like, all to it's me it's like the therapeutic <laughs> dose and then the maintenance dose like cool. give your body that extra boost to like kick it get things into high gear and then start using that phrase therapeutic dose therapeutic dose sounds so much better therapeutic dose yep take all the extra things yes and then the last one we're going to talk about today is colloidal silver i have a really really good story about colloidal silver share please lucy when she was two two and a half i think we had gone to see a naturopath because she was exhibiting a lot of diabetic behavior Hmm. and um she was still so young that she was barely able to express herself and she had these rashes that would pop up on the top of her hands and then it started to get on her mouth like around her mouth and it got and back behind her knees inside her elbows and when we went to the uh, the naturopath we saw a naturopath about because we had seen many many um, medical doctors and decided it was time to get some other advice went to the naturopath and he looked at her skin and was just like, some. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try something. Pulled out his, um, his blue light or his purple light, <laughs> the black light he's got, and shined it on her hand. And literally, her hand, exactly on her rash, was neon yellow. Oh, like 
almost couldn't look at it. It was so neon yellow and it, it made me gasp. I was just like, what is that? And he uh, did a little bit of search on um, her orifices to make sure that it wasn't coming from her insides. Mm. Um, showed pretty good sign that there wasn't coming from her orifices. So it was coming from something that had got maybe in her nails and she, she scratched and then it spread. Oh, and it was uh, yeast. Yep. And he said, well, you can do a topical antifungal, like basically like for like um, athlete's foot. I wasn't super comfortable with that because she was still young enough that she was like sticking things in her mouth sort of a thing. And uh, he said, or, um, you know, you can anything that's going to ward off yeast. And I had read a lot about colloidal silver previous to that. So I took a Norwex cloth and soaked it in colloidal silver and I washed her down with it five times a day for three days mm-hmm. and it was gone after months of topical steroid creams uh special bath washes I I, I mean we had tried everything we even like uh wrapped her in a um like a special kind of like a tincture of uh, with some petroleum jelly type stuff because this is before i knew and (laughs) and for those of you who are wondering about that comment petroleum jelly is ideally something to avoid especially on compromised skin Mm -hmm. uh and uh and so it was shocking to me that something like colloidal silver could be so powerful because it was nothing else a norwex cloth and soaked in colloidal silver and it was a little bit of an experiment for me and it went from bright yellow to gone not even a trace of it in three days mm-hmm. i even have pictures of it it's fascinating to me so i started I, I had done a little bit of research on colloidal silver but i'm so excited to learn uh, like a professional's perspective on it so yeah so this it's kind of a controversial one just because in the past you know there's a lot of like wives tales about how colloidal silver will fix everything in your life basically (laughs) just take colloidal silver it's not that simple so Mm -hmm. it's just a really powerful antibacterial and antimicrobial um and it has this ability to control like antibiotic resistant superbugs essentially like it's really really powerful Mm -hmm. um And there was this particular study of about 650 different disease-causing pathogens that were done um, by Larry Ford when he was at UCLA Medical School in the 80s. And uh, basically, this the the different disease-causing pathogens were destroyed in minutes when exposed to small amounts of silver. Wow. Yeah, and colloidal silver... Um, which is a little bit different, uh, doesn't create resistance or immunity in the organisms that it kills. So we're not going to get that. That's epic. It's huge. That's epic. (laughs) Like we're talking like the anti-antibiotic because when you get the huge superbugs that came from the resistance of your decades and decades of, like that is mind-blowing huge. Yep. And, you know, there are like nearly upwards of about 2 million people in the U.S. that suffer from uh, an illness related to an antibiotic resistant infection. Oh, it's so bad. I I have a friend who's a nursing student and she came to one of my beauty counter events and we had the discussion about um, triclosan and she got so passionate. She did a whole 
uh, a whole semester long study on triclosan and the cause of and how it, it was contributing to a lot of the antibiotic resistance. And it's a it's a huge problem. Massive. And, you know, I think there's definitely a discussion that needs to be had about modern drugs really becoming limited in their efficacy. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to fighting like bronchial infections and pneumonia specifically, and typically antibiotics are administered at the first line of defense. But when pneumonia is viral, antibiotics won't help in the least. Not even kind of. Sorry. No, it's yeah. not. It's it's a different it's a different solution. Um, so the nice thing about colloidal silver is that can kind of re- help regardless of what the pathogen is. I'm so place. curious to know about the application so, of this. Um, it's really honestly very remarkable. I do want to give the caveat: please work with a practitioner when you're using colloidal silver. Don't just get your advice from anywhere. Not even just this podcast. Um, it's just a and, good point thing and to ask your practitioner yes. too. And, and, and I, of course, again, we talked about this in the first part of this, but I'm not suggesting you don't go get a flu vaccine. Like that is your decision to make. I don't think it's one to be made lightly. Um, and kind of on the whole flu vaccine thing there, a lot of natural practitioners are stocked with flu zone, which is, uh, uh, it's a quadrivalent preservative and thermosol free single dose vaccine so what it's essentially it pulls the nasty stuff out of what's in the flu vaccine mm. or at least parts of it so okay. i'm not i don't want to go too I'm listening. yeah <laughs> i don't want to go too deeply into that you know i'm not you're not there's no medical advice happening here but but advocate for yourself yeah it's called flu zone so if you're That's going to talk to your practitioner about yeah if it. you're going to do the flu vaccine um you know try to go that route for sure and again this is not going to be a discussion about the efficacy or lack thereof of the flu vaccine or anything it just gives you talking points yeah. so you don't walk in feeling like you have no information yeah to talk i mean about. just go go um go do your research on that and for sure and decide whether that's the right choice for for you and your family for sure um but as far as colloidal silver is concerned you can take it um internally so you can do it in like a in drops in a tincture you can take it um i really like using the mouth spray so you spray several sprays under your tongue and you let it hang out and while you're sick, again, you can do like the therapeutic dose. And there's some great instructions for that on any bottle of colloidal silver out there. Do you have any and recommendation of what to look for? Because I see so many different kind of colloidal silver products and I see parts per million. And I don't have, uh, I mean, for the most part, for me, when I look at a thing that says 15 parts per million and then I see another one that's like 200 parts per million, I go <gasps> like it makes me think that one is a higher dosage than the other. But I don't know if that's actually the case. Mm-hmm. Does it turn into more is not better? You know, I think it's just a, a control, you know, a small effective dose can be really, really helpful. Um, Trace Minerals makes one that I like. And then there was another brand I was trying to pull up. Um, Source Naturals. I also like their forms of colloidal silver. And they've got like an ultra one that's like in a dropper bottle. And then they have the the mouth spray. Um, you can get some like even lozenges. Oh, and interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a lot of options. Um, and then Sovereign Silver is another one. And they do it in, in a hydrosol. So usually that's how I like to take my colloidal silver is in a hydrosol cool so it's all fantastic information yeah i think that we could 
truthfully keep talking about it there's there's at least 10 more supplements on my because we could even go that down the the road of like 10 herbs to take while you're (laughs) yeah for real for real and we mentioned a few herbs but there's still so much more that you can do but as always and I again I want to reiterate like work with your practitioner figure out what dose works for your body with everything that you're testing out um and you know working with a care provider on all of this stuff can be extremely helpful for you to understand you know what you need in a therapeutic dose and what can be a maintenance dose and and how to approach your own just general maintaining of your immune system function and wellness just because that mechanism is different for every human and we're all mm-hmm. bio individuals i think what's um great about episodes like this and information like this is that it gives you the opportunity to ask questions that are specific like you come into a provider and you're like how do I boost my immune system and they go uh well and they'll give you one maybe two things because they're not going to overwhelm you but if something has piqued your interest you can do your research and come to them with a specific question like tell me what your thoughts are on echinacea you know like having that power to Um, of information can be so fantastic for your family like I I don't know about you Cassie like you probably use all these things but I I only (laughs) use some of these things so (laughs) I'm learning more about how I can tweak my 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 family's immune support especially going into this cold and flu season because I know I'm gearing up for it we started our immune system protocol immune support protocol like probably about a month ago I probably should have started it the month before that but you know better late than never and we, I think Cassie and I, are our biggest hope out of this episode is that you feel that control in your life, that these things really can impact you, um, especially if asked the right questions and brought to your practitioner. That's the point of a practitioner is to, you know, partner with you in your health. And yes, I hope this is a the beginning of some good questions. Yeah. Walk in advocating for yourself. Yes. And deciding what works for you because you don't just have to do what's t- you were told, you know, instantaneously. Like you get yes. to make that decision about your body, your family. And guess what? Depending on your practitioner, they may not agree with you. <laughs> yes. You know, we've had to have that conversation with some Paxson's practitioners of like, yeah, we're not going to supplement with that <laughs> because I know what that will do from, from the, actually for the most part, a lot of it, like he wanted him to be on a brand of propylene glycol every day indefinitely and I said absolutely not no way you know too much about because I know what it does to the outside what the heck's it gonna do to the inside yeah and I just said uh no way no way give me other options and he said well you can try and supplement with this and that and he worked with me but I had to have that advocacy moment of like no way (laughs) I know too much man yeah, it might be effective, but we're not having that conversation of what else I can do. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important to have the control and the power to advocate for yourself, advocate for your family members. And a lot of these things you can you can have in your home. Like You best believe I'm going to go out and go get some zinc. <laughs> and it's just going to sit in my house at the ready. Right. Oh, <laughs> I didn't talk about forms of zinc, really. Oh, let's talk. Um. So... I'm just going to add this. I'll add the extra note to our show notes. But um, I like zinc picolinate. Picolinate? I don't know how to say it. Picolinate. Pickles. Pickle. Pickles. It's P-I-C-O-L-I-N-A-T-E. Um, and I you can do about 15 milligrams a day with uh, that particular supplement because it's highly absorbable. 
Is it common? Like, is it easy to find? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you cool. can find it over the counter for sure. Cool. A lot of, a lot of mineral supplements are kind of all other things equal. You know, you can, you can get a pretty good quality one in a natural health store. Just, you know, take a look and make sure your supplements are as high quality as possible and from a brand that you trust. Cool. And, uh, you'll be, that's all that matters. Be in a good place. Yeah. Gosh, Cassie, I say this every time we do one of these geeky episodes, and I, but I mean it. <laughs> Thank you for letting me nerd out. Oh, I, I, I always come into these episodes with a little bit of trepidation because I just, <laughs> this is not my realm of expertise. Like I know a little bit to, I know enough to be dangerous, but I don't know enough to like have a conversation <laughs> until Cassie comes and brings the info. And then I go, Oh, and then I start connecting dots. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope this is a good list for your family and definitely definitely. some really thoughtful questions today. Oh, well, you're welcome. It was kind of selfish. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) But I hope this helps other people. It's half the reason why we did this podcast is we'd have these conversations and we're like, yeah, we should have recorded that. Other people need to hear that. Yeah. Well, and every time I get sick, I'm like, gosh, I need to share my list of cold and flu remedies. But here we are. We can just talk about it. Now you can reference it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.